0: Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure, and this is How the Chicago Bears podcast, where, Jason, on this upcoming episode, we will talk about how the Bears' 20-12 loss to the Giants was the same old Sunday for them and what that portends for the future. We will talk about uh, how in the world the Bears managed to lose a game to a team uh, whose running back was their quarterback by the end of the season, and we will look ahead at some of the issues facing head coach, Matt Eberflus. All that and more coming up on Hallis Entry.
1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org events.
0: Jason, you and I are in... New York, the city that never sleeps where the Bears just slept, walked, sleepwalked, slept, walked. What's the right word there? Um, sleepwalked, Patrick. Sleepwalked. Whatever it is. That's uh, what their offense, namely their passing game, looked like against the New York Giants in a 20 to 12 loss. Whoa.
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Not if you ask them. <laughs> Not if you ask Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. Hey, if you ask them, man, to, to borrow Matt Nagy's phrase, arrow up on the passing game. <laughs>
0: They, they both tried to say that there was improvement there. And I think the way I phrased it was if it was, uh, if there was, they're going to have to play a hundred game season for <laughs> it to ever show up. Yeah. I mean, of course it's
1: improvement over like the worst game you've ever seen, which was last week where Justin Fields, and it wasn't the worst game you've ever seen if you've been watching the Bears, to be honest, but Justin Fields career worst game against the Texans where he throws two picks and he has a 27 passer rating or something like that. Sure. Sure, Pat. Anything, almost anything, at least, would have been an improvement from that. But you can't sit here and tell us or people that watch the Bears regularly that this line is some kind of hope. 11 of 22, 174 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 77 passer rating. Uh, Also, just not a lot of excitement. Other than the big fifty-six yard throw to Darnell Mooney,
0: yeah, the Mooney play was was a big one. It was the third pass that the Bears threw. It was what we've you know been begging them to do, uh, which is let Fields do what he does best, which is air it out. And Mooney went and got it. And then Jason the rest of the way. Justin Fields had a pass rating of sixty seven or something like that. Um, they threw more than half of their completions the rest of the way from five yards and in which means screens and dump dump offs and stuff like that. And they just kind of went back to a very ho-hum sort of offense. Now I think Fields deserves a a decent share of the blame here. Uh, I don't think this is entirely a play calling issue. I think he is looking to run a lot more than he is looking to pass when he drops back to throw.
1: I I think so too. And I just don't, you and I have been talking about this. I'm not sure how many times it's come up on, this podcast, but you and I talk about it almost daily. It seems like that the offense can't just be this. The offense can't just be pull the fire alarm. Justin Fields goes running. That isn't going to work. And that isn't going to, he isn't going to make it through a 17 game season doing that. You look at this team right now and they are good on defense. Not amazing, but they're good. And they're clearly big picture headed the right way on defense. You got to give Matt Eberflus that. They can run the ball well, but they can't throw. They, they've been in the bottom of the league, and this is not entirely Justin Fields' fault, man. This is an absolute collective failure between him, he's not absolved from this by any means, the offensive line, the wide receivers, and Luke Getze. And as Matt Eberflus, liked to, like, as he said last week, Patrick, it's not Justin Fields fault. It's everybody's fault. Well, if it's everybody's fault, then that's a polls Eberflues problem right there because those are the guys that picked everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you even heard Justin Fields say it after the game today, which was, you know, we need to, everybody needs to do better. We need to block better. We need to get open better. I need to make better decisions. I need to make better checks. I need to make better protection reads. It'd be one thing if it was just one person, and it's one person in the sense that Justin Fields' development is uh, the entire story of this season and the most important question uh, the Bears have to answer. But it's not like he's throwing to all stars. It's not like the people blocking for him are all stars. Um, it is a universal problem. But I, you know, but at the end of the day, it, it comes back to Fields. And when you know <laughs> when Cole Komet is open in the flat. And Field sees it and decides he'd rather tuck it and run, that's a missed opportunity for him. May you know the outcome of the run could be good and the Bears could get a first down. And you know, that happened a lot on Sunday, but big picture, it's a missed opportunity because we need to see him start doing the things that the quarterback needs to do. And because um, that's how you win. That's how you win. This, yeah, this isn't term. it. I mean, this L- long this term might, that's how you
1: win. and significantly that's how you win in any kind of meaningful way not uh, occasional squeaker against the Texans or whatever. And Justin Fields said something acknowledging that today, that this is not – that you have to have both the uh, passing game and the running game going if you want to beat good teams. I don't even know if the Giants are a good team. No, um, they're absolutely Especially not, not when they don't even have a quarterback for a part of the game like you, like you were mentioning. And, I mean, this just – again, we're not trying to be overly critical in the moment. We're trying to look at this and tell you guys – uh, give you guys a good assessment of where this is headed. These first four games are. There's not a lot of good indications here about where this is headed. And Patrick, it, it is a collective failure in the sense of much like it was with Mitch Trubisky, where he's bringing problems. Justin Fields is bringing problems to the table, but the staff and the the coaching staff and the personnel department are
0: not helping. No, they're not. And to your point about you can't win like this let me read you some numbers uh, from the New York football giants today. Jason, Their starting quarterback threw for 71 yards. <laughs> um, their leading receiver had three catches for 23 yards, but they ran the football 44 times for six, for six yards a pop. Does that remind you of anyone? Like that's the bears. That's what the bears have been trying to do. Mm-hmm. And they just got beaten at their own deal, but nobody thinks the giants are good. Nobody thinks that this is a formula that they can use to compete in their division either You're right. There are personnel questions, and that's probably being generous. Uh, Cody Whitehair looks as though he is going to be out for a long time, a very serious knee injury, it appears. Uh, That means that the most reliable member of their offensive line is gone and will be replaced at least in the short term by Lucas Patrick or Tevin Jenkins or whoever's not playing right guard. Uh, Probably Lucas Patrick at left guard. Uh, That's a downgrade. Uh, You know, and the opportunity to give it to Alex Leatherwood isn't going to be there for a while because Leatherwood has mono and is on IR. Um, You look at receiver Byron Pringle gone, you know, maybe Nikhil Harry, you know, can help them at some point, but I don't anticipate that happening very soon. Even once he comes off IR, it's going to take a while for him to get familiarity with Justin Fields. I mean, David Montgomery is out and Khalil Herbert has, you know, been fine, uh, been pretty good replacing him. But you know, Tristan Ebner six, six carries for twenty yards today. Nothing special. Uh, you know, the Bears could certainly use you know some help there too. I mean, th- those I just named. <laughs> I just named all the position groups, but quarterback, Jason, and and the Bears lack the depth to be competitive. I think at all of those groups.
1: Hey, this is a perfectly good formula, like forty years ago. But mm-hmm. show, show me the team that's winning like this now, because I'm not sure there is one.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles last year really relied on a run game and a mobile quarterback who was figuring it out as he goes. Uh, I, I think that works, but they had better players. <laughs> they have a lot better players than the Bears have. And you know that gets back to your point where if it's everybody's fault, that means that this team isn't ready to win. And I don't think that's a surprise to us. We all kind of knew what they were getting into this season. But I think two Bears fans that looked at them going two and one, to start the season and might be able to start dreaming on, uh, on something more than six and 11. I I think this is a rude wake up call. Pat, the wake up call. I tried to mute it and
1: clear my throat. And then we still ended up with that. We could edit that out in post. If we edited things out in post, Pat, the Mark Potash
0: Potash would be proud of you clearing your throat like that.
1: (laughs) Patrick, uh, what we're talking about here is... No, uh, the, the big surprise, if anything, is Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. The surprise is everything was setting up toward he comes into his own this year. Mm-hmm. And it has been the opposite. I mean, I, he, you could make the case he's been worse this year than last year. And there are a lot of reasons that are uh, around him that aren't because of him. Right. But he is also part of the reason. And the, I mean, the biggest thing I think of with him that's problematic, Pat, is the 50% completions. He's at 50.7 completions. 65 to 70 is good. I mean, we're not even in the ballpark of good on that. He didn't throw any interceptions today, so that's a positive. But you're still talking about a 59 passer rating for the season. It's really <laughs> a problem.
0: What the next closest starter is somewhere in the 70s, something like that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's a problem. And it's a problem in that they're giving them easy throws. This isn't,
1: (laughs) especially with the completion percentage, that's troubling because it's a lot of screen passes.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of screens, and they've been successful on some of them. And I would encourage them to keep doing that. But it is bootleg run, you know, sprint outs, you know, three levels of receivers just hit the open guy, and and he's not there yet. Uh, And I don't know whether he's going to get there. You know, every one of these games that we see, Jason, I I think, you know, without seeing obvious progress and there was no obvious progress today, you have to wonder, you know, I I think I started the season wondering when it will come and I'm getting closer to wondering if it will come. I'm not quite there yet, but man, you know, if you're looking for reasons to be excited, you really have to, you got to squint pretty hard. And, you know, today it was Darnell Mooney. Making a catch on a deep ball. It was, you know, some of that screen game working for them. It was once again nobody's questioning his athleticism or ability to run or to be really good when he decides to run, and we saw that. But you know, that's not. They're going to need a lot more of that if they, uh, if they want to win. And once again, Jason, their best play is uh, let Justin Fields get uh, the. Holy hell knocked out of him and get a 15 yard flag.
1: Yeah. Tuck and run and get an extra 15 yards against the, uh, uh, and the end of it. And it's just not going to keep being viable from a health standpoint, Patrick there. Everyone has kind of shot this down at every turn, but we know from so much history in the NFL that you can't keep taking this many hits every single week. Justin Fields today. I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, how many of these hit, how many of these he got hit on, but he ran seven times. And he got sacked six, so we know he got hit those times. I mean, and some of the hits he takes are really – some of the slides he makes are really scary. I mean, this just is not a viable form of offense for the Bears. And you were really hoping, if you were them, that you had cleaned up enough of the dysfunction in the scheme and in the coaching staff from his rookie year. By bringing all these new guys, you thought that would help. And you'd hoped that you, Ryan Poles, know something that everybody else doesn't about putting together an offensive line, that your expertise will uh, make you able to put a great offensive line out there on the cheap, which it is a great run-blocking offensive line, but it seems to be a terrible pass-blocking offensive line. And you hoped that you could be right about enough of these one-year free agent gambles at wide receiver or Nikhil Harry, for example, like uh, a guy that flamed out somewhere else. And just none of that's the case. And it's hard to see it getting better. In fact, Patrick, the schedule gets harder from here. <laughs> I mean, the, they play the Vikings next week on the road. That's the hardest team that they'll have faced other than Green Bay. They got the Patriots coming up. Do you know how hard it is, no matter what kind of year they're having, to to run an offense against the Patriots? Yeah. They, well, they and, Dallas. I mean, there yeah. they are good, good teams coming up.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll push back a little and say that – You know, the next three games, you know, I think that the Vikings are really good. I probably think the Vikings are better than they are. But after that, they've got the commanders at home. It's on a Thursday and weird things happen on Thursday. But on paper, the commanders aren't better than anybody. Uh, And then they play New England. New England today had uh, somebody named Bailey Zappi playing quarterback uh, for most of the game after Brian Hoyer left. This might be a good time to get them if Mac Jones isn't back yet. If you're,
1: yeah, but not if you're playing quarterback, not ever. If you're playing quarterback, (laughs) New England runs the most unpredictable, um, sophisticated defense of anybody in the league. Like if you haven't seen it before, you're going to have a hard time with it.
0: Well, yeah. And even today, you know, one of the ways Matt Eberflus tried to explain away the lack of deep throws was that, you know, the giants were a pressure team and they bring these exotic blitzes. And that's just not in the game plan. That's not how you beat a blitz team is by just standing back there and, and waiting for your receivers to pop open. Um, you know, so I, I don't think they have anything to worry about with the Vikings defense, but you're right. I mean, you know, he's going to see something a lot more confusing than even this, you know, Wink Martindale blitzing defense uh, when he faces New England.
1: Well, and with the Vikings next week, Patrick, like I, I'm, I've never at any time been sold on Kirk Cousins but that offense can get you 28 or 30 points. I mean, it can even against the bears. And I, I don't, I mean, do you think
0: the bears can get to, to 28 or 30? No, I think they will be nine point underdogs probably. Um, maybe a little less because it is a divisional game, but I mean, I would set it at nine right now. If we were just guessing,
1: Are they opened the week at us as a seven point underdog. We'll see if that shifts as we get closer to Sunday.
0: I bet you it does. <laughs> I, I bet you it does. Jason. I, I want to talk real quick about Valis Jones. Uh, the bears rookie receiver bears been waiting for mm. like, what feels like months for him he's to, been waiting. Yeah. For him to come back and he played, you know, special teams today and very little else. And the bears got the, you know, <laughs> he camped under a punt, uh, down eight late in the fourth quarter with a chance to catch it, have some green grass in front of him, give the bears the ball at midfield, And a chance to march and tie the game. Now you and I can debate how realistic that chance was, given that they hadn't really moved the football uh, for all of the second half. Or you know, um, but he muffed the punt. The Giants fell on it and essentially clinched the game. Jason, he was just heartbroken in in the locker room afterwards, and and who can blame him? But this is another example of you know, if you're going to assemble a roster with a lot of unknowns and a third round pick who's been hurt for two months is an unknown. I mean, you're going to have to wear it sometimes. And, and the bears had to wear it because of that muff.
1: Yeah. I thought about Matt Eberflus saying very enthusiastically, I think in August that he was ready to tolerate rookie mistakes, that he's going to play rookies and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to learn from it. And he was totally good with that. It in his mind cost him a game today because the scenario you're painting where Valus Jones catches that punt. Matt Eberflus in his mind, and he's explaining this. And I and I mean, other than the fact that he is kind of projecting that Vailus Jones returns this ball to midfield, right? The logic of what he's saying is correct. And they handled the preceding defensive possession beautifully with their timeouts and with getting stops. They in they were in Matt Eberflus's mind, they were getting the ball back on a Vailus Jones really, really good punt return, right. midfield with a timeout and two minutes left great opportunity thrown away now because Velas Jones muffs a punt.
0: Well, and to me, what's disappointing about that is that I wanted to see Justin Fields in a two minute drill, you know, it, you know, though, yeah. having a chance at winning the game is important, but giving him the experience and the ability to try to pull one out would have been fun because, you know, if we're talking about the conservative play calling that they seem to be doing here, uh, or at least fields, you know, um, propensity to I think you know pull the ball down and not throw deep or throw with conviction this two-minute drill would have forced him to do that or at least to try to do that and then then maybe we get some idea of whether it's in there or not and I don't think you can replicate that in practice I don't think you can replicate that you know in the middle of the second quarter if you're going to go tempo I, I think this would have given us an insight into fields and for that reason uh, for that reason, you know, the, the muff punt just killed them.
1: It's not a good start for Bayless Jones and the Bears. And I think everybody likes Velas Jones. Like he seems like a really good guy. He's a guy that you would be happy to see him do well. But the injuries have been a problem. And Patrick, I mean, he fumbles away that punt. Do you remember the first time we ever saw him in the return game? Uh, first, the, first time he ever touched a ball in the preseason, he fumbled it. He fumbled the opening kickoff. I mean, th- this... He hasn't had a lot of chances, but between the injuries and the, the hamstring injury that's been ongoing and a couple of times you have seen him get the ball, not very good. Um, Did he play a snap of offense today? Not that I saw. I didn't think so. Um, A third round pick is pretty valuable. Like you need a contributor out of that spot and you especially need it. If you're in a rebuild and it's your first draft class, like Ryan Poles had where Pat, we had questions Everybody had questions about picking Bayless Jones in that spot and not taking a wide receiver with one of those two second round picks instead. And, you know, there's a long way to go, but man, it's not off to a good start on that decision.
0: You were beating me to the punch. I was just going to say, if you are going to skip over receivers um, because you're confident that you've got something in Bayless Jones in the third round, uh, you better, you better be proven right because, you know, the list of second round receivers uh, that went after uh, the Bears' first selection of Kyler Gordon is, is impressive. I mean, it is, you know, Wandale Robinson here with the Giants. John Mechie, who's got cancer but uh, was really well thought of coming out of college. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, who got hurt with the Patriots. Uh, George Pickens. Can I interest you in George Pickens? I think he had 100 receiving yards. Alec Pierce from the Colts. Sky Moore uh, from the Chiefs. Uh, you know, it's a lot of receivers that could help the bears. And uh, I think I'd rather have all of them than Velas Jones right now. That doesn't mean that Jones can't make an impact. If anything, <laughs> the bears have nothing but time uh, this season uh, and, and should give him an opportunity, but you better be right on that third round pick because if you're wrong uh, I, I think it's going to haunt them for a while, you know, as we see these other receivers, you know, grow in the league and some of them really take off.
1: Yeah. All that being said, pet, I do like the way their defense looks through four games. I think it's a defense that is good. Now
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's good right away. Good. And headed toward being a very, uh, a great defense. Eventually upgrades required. Sure. I mean, you still have, you still have a big hole at corner. I would say you still need to get that pass rush going, but, um, You know, Eddie Jackson with another interception today. Jaquan Brisker, it seems like every week he makes plays that we like. Kyler Gordon, very, very much a work in progress. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this defense is almost embarrassment proof. Like, I mean, if they go against the Packers or maybe the Bills later in the season, if they were to play one of those really top teams, really top quarterbacks, you know, I guess you could uh, you could get run by any of them. But for the most part, I think this is a defense that will get th- – this defense is one of the things that affects Justin Fields. Yeah. It gives him a chance. 21 points by him, and the offense would have won the game today because yep. of this defense. And 30 against the Packers would have won it. I mean, the defense is really giving him and the offense a chance. So I think that's one good thing you can absolutely say that Matt Eberflus – has done with the Bears. I think this defense looks better than it did last year with not nearly the star power. On yeah, it.
0: and I think the structure of it has something to do with that, too, is that the Bears don't blitz. The Bears play a fairly basic coverage. You know, the idea within that cover, too, is just to keep people in front of them and run to the ball, and, and they seem to try hard. You know, we will see, you know, a month from now, if the Bears haven't won a game in a while, how much this hits principle really sticks when things are um depressing <laughs> but right now they, they seem to fly to the ball and uh it seems like the way this defense is set up it is to let you hang around and hang around and hang around now you know the offense needs to do its part and uh, i don't know how that's going to happen <laughs> I, I mean you know let's be realistic maybe they need more than a turnover to a game from their defense maybe they need their defense to score And boy, that's a tough situation to be in where you can't rely on your offense to, to get, you know, to give you enough points to win.
1: Oh, that's a warm, comfortable blanket. If you're the Bears, Patrick, that's (laughs) your life as a Bears fan. If you're under 45, probably Um, that's what we were talking about the last couple of years Mm -hmm. is the offense. Maybe give you 17 points and you just hope that's enough. It probably won't be unless you can get a, a defensive or a special teams touchdown to make it 24, 27. And now you got a shot, but uh, that, that is an extremely uh, you're not going to, that's not very profitable. You're right. not going to really win regularly doing that.
0: Well, and as we talked, as we've talked about too, uh, if the defense scores a touchdown, that's amazing. But that is a drive that Justin Fields doesn't get to participate in, which right now is probably a blessing. But long-term, long term, you've got to see what you have in him. Jason, as if – I don't know. I feel like we've probably bummed the people out enough uh, (laughs) with uh, our retelling of the facts here. Uh, But before we go, I do want to bring up, uh, I think, the highlight of the game, if you're the Bears, is the money badger. Michael Badgley uh, comes out, kicks four field goals, makes all four of them. It's a guy who was picked up on Saturday because Cairo Santos – was going to miss uh, Sunday's game with a personal issue. He came through in, you know, windy, rainy, bad weather and did his job. And I feel like we've all, if you've been around here long enough, have seen uh, kicking uh, disasters and this, and, you know, Badgley would have had every right to come in and, and struggle, but he didn't. And uh, I do think that's noteworthy.
1: Yeah. And it's a good little story for the week. I would fully expect, we don't know right now what is going on with Cairo Santos, but I'd fully expect he's going to be back soon, that this won't be a prolonged absence for him. Uh, Michael Badgley was in Huntington Beach, California, where he, I assume, lives, but that's at least where he was working out on Thursday. Bears called, said, how fast can you get here? He arrived at O'Hare shortly after midnight Thursday night, so technically Friday morning. He's out there for the tryout Friday afternoon against some decent kickers, Brian Johnson, who was with the Bears, and Josh Lambeau, who I think is the most established of any of these three guys.
0: He's also the only one currently suing an NFL team. All right, continue. Yeah,
1: but not the Bears. (laughs) He's just suing the Jags over Urban Meyer kicking him. So he wins the tryout Friday uh, afternoon. He finds that out sometime between Friday uh, evening and Saturday morning. And next thing you know, he's on a flight. He's on the charter out to basically his home, where he's from. He grew up 30 minutes away from MetLife Stadium. Comes in, gets the full MetLife Stadium experience. It's swirling winds. I saw in the um, game book, Patrick, they put down 10 miles per hour for the wind. I don't absolutely think, not. I don't think not. so. That wind was wild, man. There were it was gusting. It was like you saw flags like bent over in the parking lot in the tailgate. And he comes in and he goes four for four. A couple of those kicks pretty tough, too. 45 yards. I mean, really good, uh, really good success story for him and for them having a very good short list of kickers and picking the right guy. I think you got to give him credit for that. And I would absolutely keep him on the practice squad going forward. You have what, sixteen practice squad spots? Yeah, yeah use one know. of those for an emergency kicker. Keep yeah, him nearby and practicing.
0: But then you get in the position where somebody will just come take your emergency kicker because you won't put him back up on on your game day roster. Well,
1: we'll make that decision when it comes up, Pet.
0: I, I like the two kicker idea. That that was a good. That was a COVID year uh, idea that that maybe is stuck around. That's how Cairo.
1: That's how Cairo got the job. Yep, exactly. Cairo was a late ad in the 2020 preseason, and then they cut him, and then they immediately put him on practice squad, and he kicked opening week because Eddie Pinero still wasn't ready, and this was the first time we hadn't seen him out there since then. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> now, don't I, fall in love with the new guy, Pat, just because he no, goes not four, gonna, for no, 4 Because just, Cairo Santos has been uh, arguably, he doesn't have the longevity of Robbie Gold, but arguably the best kicker in Bears history. And he has the he has the single season record for field goal accuracy, and he is the all time leader in field goal accuracy at Soldier Field, which, you know, that's a big deal.
0: Can I can I give out your uh, home address so the uh, the fans with pitchforks can put on their Robbie Gold jerseys and and come harass you?
1: Yes, that's reasonable.
0: No, I I caught myself and I started laughing because I was going to reference the double doink that ended the uh, Saints Vikings game today. But you know what? I think, I think we've upset the people enough. I don't think we need to top, top this off with a double joint uh, candle. Um, probably. Well, you've done it anyway. We've done it anyway. Yeah. And, and on that note, uh, <laughs> that'll do it for the show. Mark Potash will join us in our next episode. Uh, until then, you can follow Mark and Jason and myself on Twitter. You can check us out in the Sun Times, both on print and online. Uh, check out the Sun Times app on your phone, too. That is the way I like to read us. Uh, and you can always please like rate and review the podcast. He is Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. And we will be back again real soon.